Ivy Flossin Ivy Flossin Ivy Flossin Ivy Flossin Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network, Tuesday, March 10th. I'm Jay Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Taz Mellis. Hey! What's up, Taz? We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends! Mm. Lately. And last but not least, making the magic happen, is JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Thanks for joining us here on a Tuesday. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at No Dunks Inc., you know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nodunksinc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. Email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. Going to be stepping on the beach tomorrow, Wednesday afternoon, so get your cues and your comments in. All right, we got a lot to get to. Got the up-down report. Uh, we're going to take a, a look at the playoff picture and ask you guys which potential playoff matchup you most want to see and why. But let's start... Just sort of by addressing, quickly I assume here, last night's three games in the league. Your biggest takeaway from each game is what I'm looking for. Start with the Raptors. Play the homer card here. Homer! Raptors 101, Jazz 92. Um, What's your biggest takeaway from this Raptors victory closing out their road trip? The Raptors are a very good team. <laughs> yes! Well, do you come for that analysis or what? good. Yeah. Holy crap, what a, a point. A couple of weeks ago, I said that Nick Nurse is going to win a Coach of the Year, and I think he strengthened his case last night. Uh, Marcus Gasol didn't play the second night of a back-to-back. Fred Van Vliet was out. Norm Powell, Eastern Conference Player of the Week, he was out after 90 seconds. Yeah. The Jazz led this game with under six minutes to go. They had momentum. They were looking like maybe the Raptors were like, ah, we just want to get home, but instead... They close it out. Um, Just another inspired performance. And what I really like about Nick Nurse is, you know, we talk about a player's coach. I think he really is a player's coach. Players play for him. Players, Mm -hmm. he communicates so well with his players. And they go out there and everyone seems to be able to just understand there's minutes out there for you if you want to go out there and perform. The Jazz are not a good home team against good teams, for one. But they should have won this game. This was a winnable game. Mm -hmm. In, again, Raptors on the fifth game of five-game road trip, second night of back-to-back. They lead. The crowd was into it, and they just couldn't close it out. Um, I just thought OG stepped up. Kyle Lowry, once again, was brilliant. Hitting some bombs, Kyle Lowry, Kyle, last night. Kyle takes some high-risk, high-reward bombs. Hell yeah, he does. But uh, he hits them. He hit him against Sacramento, too, yeah. the night before. Um, some of them you do sort of think, ah, oh, that was maybe not the smartest shot in the world. But Kyle sort of just has that freedom now, I think, and that belief in himself. So... I think uh, two teams really showed who they were last night. Raptors are a legit contender in my book, and the Jazz are not. Ooh. You agree with that, Taz? Well, the Jazz are not? Yeah. I don't know. They don't know what they are. Uh, if Rudy Gobert isn't playing very hard, then it just seems like they don't have an identity. It, and that's simple as that. Uh, Rudy Gobert was a disappoint, big disappointment last night. Yep. And it's not – this is a repeat of – that's something that's been said many times over the last few weeks. He's supposed to be an all-star. He's supposed to be a leader. You look on the other side of the floor, Kyle Lowry, in year eight uh, with the Toronto Raptors, he's clearly their MVP, whether Pascal Siakam is their best player. It goes back to the DeMar DeRozan days, called DeMar DeRozan their most offensively gifted player. Kyle Lowry is the heartbeat of that team, while Rudy Gobert's heart is not beating, I guess. <laughs> I mean, there's, it's just – it's – 
it's frustrating to watch on the other side of the floor. They're they're just not a united team. While the Raptors are obviously uh, really give a crap about each other and, and playing to win, and, and uh, they won last year and. They played, uh, you know, to, to Kawhi's capabilities, I, I guess, in the playoffs. But now they just know that they can win every night uh, because they've been there before. They, mm-hmm. they, they have that confidence. And, and I think that's real. I don't think that's some stupid sports thing. I think they just know that they can win every night and they take it till the final buzzer while the Jazz, I don't know what the heck's going on there. But Rudy Gobert, I, I know I'm pointing at him, but I think you kind of have to. He yeah. seems to be letting the offensive side of the ball affect the way he plays defense, which hasn't always been the case. Since the All-Star game, he's had four games where he had single-digit points, has yet to take ten shots in a game since the All-Star game. And I think he's getting mad about it because they miss him a lot of times underneath the hoop. They don't. Ingles is by far their most natural playmaker, and when those two are on the court, I feel like Gobert's going to succeed offensively. But if they're not running in action with those two, he's kind of just running up to the top and running to the rim, and maybe you'll get an offensive putback. And that seems to be affecting him on the defensive end. The other issue I would see with the Jazz is that they get lit up by forwards. And then you look at the best teams in the Western Conference, some pretty good forwards. Some good forwards yeah, there. 27 last night for Pascal Siakam, man. It seemed like any time he could get a rebound and then push the ball in transition, it was an easy bucket. Yeah, and Serge, another great game mm-hmm. for the Raps, too. He's having an unbelievable season. Uh, Gobert, yeah, six points, four boards, 32 minutes. He was ejected with OG Ananobi there late. Uh, altercation between the two. Some jostling going on. Uh, no no fists thrown or punches thrown, I should say, or anything like that with 40 seconds to go. But Gobert, I think, in part frustrated with his role offensively and then maybe with the, with the officials ejecting him, said, quote, I don't think it makes sense to me that he was ejected. Next time, I'll do justice myself so the official can eject me for a reason. <laughs> Basically, I'll get my money's worth yeah. is what he's saying there. Uh, not a happy man right no, now. No, I think... Under but the... he was trying... Sorry, Lee, but he was trying to get ejected. I mean, he went to go body check OG and Yeah, but OG... <laughs> OG tried to elbow him. Yeah. And I don't think just, really either guy should have been No, they, No, I this agree. This is a classic, we're less than a minute to go, game's yeah. over, get out of here. And yeah, what happened was yeah. uh, OG blocked Gobert mm-hmm. just before where he probably fouled him. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, but not not one of those like egregious fouls. It was like, a, it was a bit of body there. But I think uh, what saved OG was Rudy's too tall. He couldn't reach up there to him because he, <laughs> he definitely reaches up for the elbow. And I think that's where Rudy's like, hey, you saw that to yeah. the ref. Yeah. The ref didn't do anything. And that's when the sort of pushing and shoving uh, came out, but they didn't need to be ejected. Yeah. Neither of those guys did. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Rudy's frustrated beyond doubt right now. And I would actually say, not that I expected this to happen, but Tony Bradley gave them good minutes yeah. last night. Yeah. Defensively, effort-wise, was there. The energy was there. And then even on the offensive end, he had a couple of baskets. But of course, you know, Quinn Snyder's not going to bench his all-star and, and run with his younger player there, even though last night I think it probably warranted it. And you talk about All-Star, Donovan Mitchell didn't impact the game all that much. He was just kind of there. And uh, I, I think we should just mention him because it's easy to point the finger at Rudy Gobert, and he doesn't feel like he's a big part of the offense. But Donovan Mitchell has to impact the game a little bit more than mm-hmm. what he did last night. The other takeaway here, too, is, I mean, from the Raptors' side of things, I got two, actually. One, I don't think the Raptors are ever going to be healthy, fully healthy <laughs> this year. I mean, yeah. it is wild. You said it there. Norman Powell, he's coming off the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. The guy was averaging 28 points per game since he last returned from his injury. Uh, he was shooting 53% from the floor, you know, 40% from three, hitting a ton of them in 40 minutes per game. He was having an, a fantastic, the best norm season we've ever seen. Um, but now he's out with a sprained ankle, and we're waiting to see how you know serious it was. Didn't look good, and no. was really being sort of carried off uh, for the most part back to the locker room. But yeah, st- still no Gasol, or he's sitting in a back-to-back in Van Vliet. It's just I don't I don't know if they'll ever truly be healthy. But luckily they have a bunch of guys and a deep roster and a well-coached team 
that they can still win a lot of games with the defense. And that's the second point. This damn team is so resilient. It is, you know, they, they held the Jazz. And, yeah, part of it was on the Jazz, no doubt. But it was the Raptors' defense holding them to one basket in the final 545 of this game. Lowry quoted after the game, our team is unbelievable with just kind of staying in the moment and understanding what we have to do. This defense, it's weird to say on the defensive side of the ball, this defense attacks. There's no other way to put it. They attack because their whole thing is we're going to try and protect the rim, but we are going to pressure you and we are going to make you uncomfortable. And Nurse had a great quote about this. He thinks being that aggressor and getting up into the ball, it helps you with, you know, passing angles and fighting through screen and rolls when you're just pressuring and yet you're sort of you're coming first to the fight and you're taking the other team's uh, rhythm away offensively I love it and all these guys do it they're top two in deflections top four in loose balls recovered top two in steals the perimeter defense the switchability and all these guys and that's why they win all these games and they have the second best defense in the NBA up from last year when they had Kawhi and also Danny Green um, which is impressive they were they were top five last year but now they're Top two, which is they communicate. That's just, that's just team ball right there. They communicate so well, yeah. and if someone is doubled, someone is ready to cover up for that mm, yeah. person if necessary. There they, is a lot of trust in yeah, each other. They yeah. very rarely seemingly give up an open shot because someone is ready to, to move to where the ball is going. Um, talk about Norm Powell. It's the Fred Van Vliet baby syndrome. Remember right. Fred Van Vliet when he had a baby in the finals last year, then he lit it up. He couldn't miss. Yeah, and now since Norm Powell has held... Fred Van Vliet's baby in 26 games. He's averaging 20 points per game, 53% from the field and 43% from downtown. Yeah. That so, baby is just... It's a good luck baby. Oh, my God. So it's Norm incredible. got to hold Fred Van Vliet's baby. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know this story. Just touching yeah. the baby, just being near mm. the baby. This is the opposite <laughs> of the coronavirus. You want to be around this baby. <laughs> you want to fist pound that baby. Yeah. Um, but so, you, so what, he, hadn't, he didn't touch it over the summer or something? <laughs> like they never got together? Yeah. Apparently not. Apparently not. I mean, <laughs> sounds like problems in the locker room. Yeah, totally. <laughs> what uh, uh, you said, Nick Nurse, you think is going to win Coach of the Year? Yes, I, I think you're right. I mean, we talked about Schroeder sort of running away appears with Six Man of the Year. Does feel like it's Nick Nurse's to lose. I don't even know how he can. Maybe Billy Donovan in OKC. Like, if the Thunder are a four seed, or I mean, that would no one had them that high. I think sure. he warrants some votes. But with the, with with what Nurse is doing, and like you said, the defense being better. Losing Kawhi and Danny Green, who's a pretty damn good defender too, it's pretty miraculous, especially with all the injuries. They are the story of the season. I stop myself because I don't want to call the Raptors the story of the season after winning the title, but I can call them that. Either way, they're the story of the night, and and and, and, <laughs> Three games and, on? Yeah. and Lee Ellis Lee Ellis should rescind his homer call to Skeets yeah, off the top you. of the show. How dare you? Rescind it. Take it back, Lee. You know what? I will retract it. Thank Fair you. enough. Oh, thank Fair you. enough. Thank you. Um, Super impressive, though, really. Everything that the Raptors have done, because there have been times where they have looked like, you know, the season's going to be a bit long and the injuries will catch up to them. But, but uh, again, it, it's almost like a, a Spursian Popovich style, mm. I think, that throughout the season, Davis has been brilliant at times. Boucher has been brilliant. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson looks like an absolute steal for uh, Masai Ujiri. Yep. I mean, all these guys seem to understand that their role and... When there are minutes and there are extra minutes, you go out there and you perform. What's funny about that is you compared it to the Spurs. When the Spurs lost Kawhi, their defense <laughs> fell off a cliff, did it not? <laughs> and then somehow the Raptors get better. Uh, yeah, it speaks to the, the system and to the guys, they, all the guys that they have that are committed to playing that hard. Story of the season. Story. I changed my mind. <laughs> all right. Was there a better Whoa. story? <laughs> what's, a better, what's a better team story this season? How about the Lakers had their worst stretch ever in franchise history and now they might be the best team in the league? Yeah, they got. That's the, a good they one. got two of the top six players <laughs> yeah. in the in the league. 
How about the Bucks? They got a back-to-back -back MVP. Yeah. They were challenging for 70 wins for most of the season. Mm, not anymore. I'm transferring my home call to you, Tass. That's now. right. Uh, I love it. Okay. Uh, Game of the night last night was Hawks Hornets, by the way. The home we actually live in. Ooh, uh, yeah, we'll get to that oh, one. Yeah, I'm not so sure sleeper. about that. Oh, my God. Um, but Bucks, you brought up the Bucks there. They lost last night. Nuggets 109, Milwaukee 95 in Denver. Um, you know, I'll give you the biggest takeaway, I think, from this one was the, the sudden – benching of all the Bucks players. I mean, we know Giannis was out with the injury, but Coach Bud, fairly late, I mean, you know, right up around to the start of the game, decided he was going to rest all his starters. I mean, they played like their C team last night, put up a fight still, um, but Denver obviously a little too talented taking care of uh, the Bucks reserves guys. Sad stuff, honestly. The Bucks lose two games in a row, and they're just ready to abandon the chase for 70. Yeah, it's over. It's over, and um, that's completely right because – when you're seeing Antetokounmpo to Lopez, and it's Thanasi to Robin, right. you're like, uh-oh, that's a problem. I didn't even know Frank Mason was a buck at this point. But he was <laughs> yeah. out there hitting jumpers. He was all right. Corver uh, yeah, was, was scoring. Yeah, Corver yeah, had a huge game. Um, but, yeah, they were reaching deep into the bag. Even Dante DiVincenzo got the sit on this yeah. one, which to me was like when Danny Green got to sit with uh, the Spurs big three <laughs> way back in the day. Like, you've made it, buddy. You're yeah. a part of this team. But good win for the Nuggets. Fun stuff from Jamal Murray. He was talking his trash. He was dunking on guys. And he was getting offensive fouls. Oh, what a what a just <laughs> brutal call! Throw it in the running for worst of the week. Yeah, Posterizes DJ Wilson, and then it's called an offensive foul. And that was it a was, bad it call. Was it wasn't it wasn't offensive either. No, you you go up there, and that's just like body on body stuff. He didn't wave him off at all. He just <laughs> he, yeah, because he, he didn't extend no, much extension. No, no. no. where are no. you supposed to put that left arm? Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. He's got to just hold it behind put it in him. your pocket. Yeah, <laughs> in your pocket, <laughs> like uh, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Yeah. That'd be funny. Uh, <laughs> pretty cool. Sunglasses on too. That's why. That's why they need baseball uniforms out there, so they have pockets in their unis. Yeah, that's right. that, but w what is he supposed to do? No, I, that was a terrible call. But still, that was the only story that matters in this game. That play, yeah. which wasn't a play. It fired up the well, crowd, even yeah. though it got called back. It almost maybe fired them up even more because everybody was all upset. And then they rode that. Uh, the Bucks made this a game, though. They did. They, they, uh, it was like a five-point game. It was, yeah, yeah. And, and it was. Kyle. Kyle was on fire. Those kisses were coming out last night. He looks yeah, great. Give it, give it to the YouTube crowd. <laughs> they don't know what you're talking about. There oh, yeah. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> uh, you don't want to be uh, kissing your uh, fingers right now. Well, I'm not sure. Sure. around. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, but uh, he, he had that other one, that pull-up in transition. I think it was only given a two in the end where it was like, it was just classic Kyle. Just ran to the top of the three-point line and just knocked it in. It looked beautiful. I love watching him out there play great Jokic had the uh, another football yes touchdown assist though he had another game where he was like pretty checked out offensively in terms of shooting the ball and, and then did get it going in the fourth and hit a big three that sort of iced the game too it just feels weird, weird when you're watching it and you hear the announcers be surprised that yeah. he's taking a shot they're like oh Jokic with an attempt there yeah like he was just kind of hanging Hanging back, but I guess the that to me is a little bit of the Jokic mo is like when he sees that he's not going to be going against the top two bigs for Milwaukee, he's not going to be one of the top two players for the Nuggets. Yeah, it's definitely the Nuggets mo when they have a team that's below them in the standings, far below them. They lost to the Warriors the last couple weeks. They lost to the Cavs the last couple yeah. weeks. They barely beat the Hornets. That's what they're doing. Maybe they follow Jokic's lead, or maybe it's just the whole team. But they are one team that plays down to their competition a lot of the time. All right, final game, the story of the night. Hawks, 143, Hornets 138. This was a double overtime game. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway, Trey, from uh, what you call the game of the night? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, there was yeah. only three. This one was actually close. Uh, takeaway, what do free throws do? Win games. Win or lose you games. Yeah. yeah. Woo. Trey Young with the huge miss there. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, let's go I'd through like it. That. Yeah. Let's go through it because this was an insane game, and I and I watched a good chunk of it uh, because there wasn't else anything else on really at that time. Um, end of regulation. The Hornets were up one, one point eight seconds to go. They should be getting the victory here. Caleb Martin decides to reach in on Trey Young. Oof. I mean, a brutal, brutal foul. If looks could kill, I mean, Martin would be... You would be a doozy. Yeah, well, Martin would be six feet under with the look that James Borrego gave him after that dumb reach-in foul on Trey. It was a foul, man. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, why'd you reach in? But you're right. Trey makes makes the first, misses the second. It bounces out. So, overtime. Okay, it gets even more insane. End of the first overtime, 131-131. Not a lot of time left. Terry Rozier, who had 40 points, drives baseline. He gets tangled. With, uh, what's the kid's name? Travion Graham? Is that right? Yep. Yes. Um, both guys collapse. There's like a collision. They go both go down. Now, the referee initially calls a foul on Graham. But because it was late, or so late in the game, they went to review it to review it to see if it became for the buzzer, right? They determined, yep, call was made. All right, we're good. That's a foul. But in response, the Hawks challenged the call. <laughs> And it got overturned to an offensive foul because Terry Rozier, and, and they got it right. Yeah. He hooks Graham, and the foul was called on him. Insanity. So you can go back in time. Ooh, wasn't yeah. this the Easy whole, duck. Wasn't this the whole problem? I know it wasn't a foul, but the Rudy Gobert blocked the goaltend in Portland. Nothing was called, so they couldn't go back and change the call. Now, if I've got this right, last night, nothing was called on the hook, but they called it on the second foul. Yeah, if it's part of the play, yes, they can look true. at it. But they did call a foul. They called a foul on that play. Yeah, right. On Graham. But, but then they had to go back and see, did it happen before the buzzer went off? Yes, it did. So that makes it then reviewable, that one foul call. But wasn't it, a, wasn't it, it wasn't on the hook, though, they called the foul on Graham, was it? Uh, it's a great question. Like I, think I thought it's it was after thing. that. Well, right. I know what it you mean. It doesn't matter yeah, if I it know is or mean. it's not. If it's part of the play, like it if it's, together, if it, if it's yeah. part of the same play, like if it had happened, so, okay, so Rozier they, hooks him, yeah, then definitely. takes a dribble, yeah. then they both go down. Like right. there's collisions. Listen, it's a gray, it's a gray area with oh, this man, cha- coach's challenge. But if it's part of the same play, having listened to it over and over again, if it's part of the same, the the listening to the uh, explanation of the rule, if it's yeah. part of the same sort of extended play, like if it happened on the previous inbound or somewhere <laughs> somewhere where it's not part of the same play, then or can, it's then like it or or if it's like. There was an action on the left side of the floor. The pick and roll was blown up. Then it goes to the right side of the floor. That part on the left side of the floor can't not reviewable. Right. It's some weird stuff. So James, but James, but right. they have to sort of draw a line, and that was kind of part. It's part of yeah, the play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? Don't worry. About yeah. Okay. It. Well, you asked. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, well, I'm not. I'm not even done Agreed. because this thing goes to double overtime um, after it was all you know overturned and all that. With less than 30 seconds to go, the Hornets are down by three. Terry Rozier hits a huge, like, sidestep three bomb. Uh, Now we're tied at 138. And then the next possession, ugly, weird Hornets defense. And a lot of that on Rozier, who had a lot of those moments. Uh, John Schumann was pointing them out on Twitter. I don't know really what he was doing. But Herter attacks the paint, kicks it to uh, Hunter in the corner, who's going to get a look. And he's fouled on the (laughs) three-point attempt by Martin again. Now, which Martin? I'm not sure. I can't keep them. Tra- I can't keep track of them. Was it Caleb or Cody? I think it was, was Caleb. It, yeah, was, it Caleb. was Caleb. I'm kidding. Uh, so he fouls them, and then uh, uh, Hunter goes to the line and hits all three, and that was basically the game. They pulled it out in the end. Yeah. 
Game of the night. Game of the like. night, man. <laughs> free throws. Trey just loves free throws. That's what it's you all about. You know me, free throws. <laughs> I, th- I think what it comes down to in this game was uh, the Hawks play-by-play man, Bob Rathbun, as it was going to overtime after Trey Young missed the free throw to send it to overtime. As it was going to commercial, the last sound you heard was Bob Rathbun just groaning. <laughs> you can interpret that as, uh Trey missed. We could have won. Or, uh we got to go to overtime. Good. So I think you take that from that game. Uh you take the Jamal Murray missed dunk from that game. And the Raptors are a good team. Is that what you said, Lee? Or Pretty good. Very good team. <laughs> right. Good team. I think yeah. that's what you got to take from last night. Those three things. Fair enough. Other thing with them, the Hawks, is, you know, can we get excited about the Hawks no, for the next season? Okay. No, okay, don't do answer. it. Don't Let's do move it, man. On. It's March. It's March. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. Nothing counts in March. Hmm. That's the, fast. Okay, here's a question. <laughs> yeah. Impossible to answer, I know, but would the Hawks be the Nets or Magic? Would they be a playoff team in the Eastern Conference no. if Collins had no. played They're not at good the enough. start of the season? They're not good enough. They have two good players, John Collins and Trey Young. Well, they only had one good player, is my point, for 25 games. you got to have more than two. Fair enough. Yeah, I was just what was the Hawks' record last March? Probably good. I <laughs> exactly. Guess. Seven and eight last month. Well, well, then yeah. they, but then they lost Collins for 25 games. I guess what I'm getting at here. He's not that good that he's making them he a playoff team. He shot 12 of 13 last night. Thank you very much. He's not that good. Man. He's not the reason yeah. that they would be a playoff no. team. They should be better, though, than second worst in the East. They yeah. should be. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, good, they have three fewer compromise. wins than the ninth seed. Right that's there. not that bad. Collins would have definitely improved them, but I, 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 I don't know if they would have been there because Kevin Herter's been – he was probably he's there again another guy in their starting lineup that's had a year under his belt otherwise they're playing rookies uh and alex len for much of the season until he was traded so kevin herter i pl- missed 10 games but that's not an excuse he wasn't great yeah they they don't have a lot of good guys they play r- rookies and deandre hunter and cam reddish who has been getting better as yeah, the season yeah. has gone along he may he may potentially be a good three and d guy nice little hands there on the cut to tie the game at the end of the first overtime yeah could have been a steal easily Toughed it out, got the layup. And so that's it. I mean, we just named all the guys. They, they're they very, very, very young. But, yeah, I don't think they're good enough quite yet. They're very young. I think uh, I tweeted last night the Hawks um, broadcast shared a stat, like, in terms of first- or second-year players that get a percentage of the minutes this year. It's Hawks won by a mile. Yeah. Hornets were actually second, and then the Grizzlies were third, uh, a playoff team in the West. Which this is, is Trevor Schlenk's plan, though. He, he, you know, well, I was going to ask you, you know, I don't know if you heard the uh, recent Low and Artovitz podcast, a lot of coaching talk off of the Kenny Atkinson firing. Will Lloyd Pierce be the coach of this team next year? Like, will he be given another chance to see this through, or will they make a move I think he'd be fine. I, I think he's got another year, I think. You um, say that wearing an ATL shirt. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, he yeah, was uh, Travis's guy, so I, I think yeah. he wants to give him a chance to see it through. Um, he's got some, again, all these, these plays, you know, Trey's in his second season, Hunter and uh, Reddish in there first. Mm-hmm. You've got to give him a little bit of time here. I think they're both very good. I think there's some very nice pieces there. They still seem to be missing something, but if okay. they can get it together, I, I, I definitely feel next year... They'll be disappointed if they're not competing I for the I was going to say, is it next year if Pierce is still there? Is it a make or break? you got to at least sniff the playoffs here. You've got to be in playoff contention deep into the season, I think, yeah, okay. for sure. Into, into March? I would say late March. All the way into March. Yeah. Late March. Late March, early April. <laughs> okay. Depending on when the season starts. All yeah. right. I can't believe we did that much time on those three games from last night. Kudos to us. That's why they pay us the big bucks. All right, let's get to the up-down report. Preparing your tubies. It's the up-down oh, report. <laughs> The up-down report brought to you by Skrillex. First one. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, yesterday, the NBA, NHL, MLB, 
and MLS announced that they are closing access to locker rooms to all non-essential personnel in response to the coronavirus crisis. The changes, which the league say are temporary, basically begin today with player availability at practices and after games held outside the room or in many cases at news conference podiums. Now, the NBA said interviews with players will continue in settings other than the locker room, stressing a gap of six to eight feet between the reporters and interview subjects. It's going to be just like All-Star Weekend when those guys are uh, very far away from you. You have to have a podium. You have to have a table. That's right. Where are we putting those recorders? So I think this is a very serious issue, of course, uh, and polarizing. People think you know we're overreacting. Some people think here, definitely in America, that we're not doing nearly enough. But are you up or down on the NBA limiting locker room access to try and, and battle this the virus? Thumbs I'm up or thumbs down? I'm up on it for now. I, I think it's the first step. There's probably more to come. Right. Uh, I, I think the NBA just has to sort of take a role here and say, we're going to try and do what we can to help prevent the spread of this virus because it's clearly taking over uh, around the world. I mean, you've seen mm-hmm. in Italy, they're playing behind closed doors. There's no fans allowed allowed in right now the I country think, is like on lockdown oh, the, the country's in uh, yeah. quarantine yeah. and i think i think we are going to reach the point not the country in quarantine i think the nba is probably going to be playing some games with our fans at some point i think until we get and a- they told teams to prepare for that yes. possibility last yes. week yeah i agree and that's why i'm a little bit down on this because it just seems like a half measure right uh, you're keeping at what 200 people probably at most from the media out of a locker room but you're allowing 15,000 people into the to the arena Carrying things, buying food, right? Cheering, passing beers back and forth to each other. How does? I mean, I, I understand yeah. that they're just trying to protect the players, so you're eliminating a little bit of the face to face. They're really trying to get rid of the scrums, which is a dirty sounding word in the first place. They're worried about the germs between. You know, you're in there, you're shooting your arm forward, you're touching arm to arm, you're doing shoulder to shoulder. You're really close in there in a scrum, no doubt about it. So that is going to help, but. It just seems like a minor thing to do and probably, honestly, like a trial balloon to be like, here's our first step. We're doing this. In a week, we'll be playing games with nobody in the stands. Yeah, I think it's totally, totally fine to do. I don't understand why they're just not having press conferences, just sitting at podiums and everybody in their chairs and not scrunched up in a hallway. Like, why don't they just go to standard finals protocol? I mean, everybody would be That does seem to be kind of what they want to do afterwards, after the games. Uh, maybe it's a little bit much for pregame. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. There's a room. There's chairs. I don't know. I, I, I assume that that would be a little bit more hygienic uh, than guys standing in a hallway at six to eight feet. Um, but here we are. I think it's totally fine. They're saving the, the players from it, uh, from possibly spreading it, because if one player gets it, it's spreading, basically it's doubling in, in a lot of states here in the U.S. weekly. And so if one player gets it, we're, everybody, I, I'm, I'm, you know, jumping to conclusions, but everybody's out of a job. Everybody, mm-hmm. the games stop and all, all personnel, which is the most important thing, don't have jobs uh, and may, may be unpaid. And that's, what's the, that's what the worry is in the U.S., is that a lot of people here uh, are on unpaid leave in a lot of industries and aren't making money and, mm-hmm. and can't feed their families. Uh, who live paycheck to paycheck. So that's the crazy part. So is it a snowball effect? I, uh, I would, I, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, Trey, with the, the fans and, and the arenas. Um, I mean, this we're de- all getting this sick. Decision, Everybody's getting sick. Well, this decision, yeah, with the media, it doesn't affect the bottom line in terms of making money. 
And that's right. why they're doing it. Right. <laughs> now, it that, seems like they're doing something, but really this is this is barely anything. Yeah, okay. I, I agree with that too. Yeah. Um and and maybe it is just like you said, like the first little baby step to ultimately saying, "All right, well, you guys are either we are somehow and I don't think it's really possible, but we're completely shutting down games or um, moving the season. I don't know. I think you're right. It's going to be more likely that we're just not going to put anybody in the stands and they're going to play for television and there's still the broadcast money to be made and all that, but all these concession workers and security and, and what have you, if you're not on a union, which I assume a lot of them are not um, across a lot of these stadiums, then, uh, that, yeah, and that's a tough, tough look. But if this is what they have to do to try and, you know, they're talking to all these, you know, infectious disease and public health experts and this is their recommendations and you sort of got to follow it. I mean, it's... If you, if, well, you can't rely the on the government risk. to take the lead either well, right now. I mean, that's clear. There's, there's the, the information coming out of the government is not to be trusted. So you have to find your own uh, people who are ex- expert, experts in the industry who can perhaps give you some clearer information and, and information you can believe. The NBA stresses, too, that this move is not to, like, ban reporters. Um, you know, it is for the safety of the players and for the staff. But there, I've seen like sort of like there's like this blowback here from the the media side of things is like there's worry that doing this will now then never allow the reporters back into the locker room. I don't think that yeah. would be a concern of the NBA at all. You don't think so? No. Uh, Adam Silver, I think, understands that it's very, very important mm-hmm. to have that communication and that openness, I think, with the players and the media. So I don't think it's a long-term solution, uh, a long-term problem. I think... Uh, Exactly how long this will last, no one really right, knows. We don't know. But it, it could be could be for the rest of this season, though, potentially. Next one, Atlanta Hawks CEO Steve Coonan has a plan to increase the NBA's ratings, start and end the season two months later. All right, this was uh, going on at the Sloan Conference. We didn't talk about this on yesterday's show. Under Coonan's proposal, the start of the NBA season would shift from mid-October to mid-December after college football has completed its regular season and to try and avoid having to compete with the NFL. It's regular season. Um, are you up or down on Coonan's plan to start the season in December to help ratings? I'm down. Are you a major sport or are you not a major sport? You're arranging when you're going to start around all the other schedules. They're not changing, so why is the NBA changing? Also, you don't want to see NBA players in the Olympics because if you start the season and it ends in August, they would never play in the Olympics. People vacation in the summer. Are they going to be watching basketball at the playoffs during July when they're going to Disneyland? Probably mm-hmm. not. People go back to school at the start of August. I don't. I don't think that this uh, really solves the ratings. Uh, you're just. You're just doing something to do something. If you really want to make the re- regular season matter, get rid of two to four playoff teams. Yeah. Every game counts more. I uh, again, I look at this as uh, put my dad hat on, and I just think no, this would be awful because your kids are on school holidays in June, July, and then they go back at some time in August. Then. It would just make it so much harder because that's when you want to go on one vacation and be away. You're, you're speaking of the players themselves. No, well, me, or yourself, and myself, personally? myself, and, and the players. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean uh, that that's school holidays time. That's when you have the big chunk during June and July. And um, I, yeah, I just I wouldn't like it. I don't think a lot of the players and coaches and staff would enjoy it either. So I don't think it would be uh, successful. It would definitely piss off the players. Why wouldn't it? <laughs> a lot of them are dads, so they want to be off when. They they have the very very rare opportunity to be with their kids. I think I think it's pretty important for them. Okay, whether or not they're pissed off, I mean, okay, well, they make twenty not... million dollars. So I think you're fine. Um, if well, you want to continue to make twenty million dollars, you'll play during the summer. But do you think Coonan's reasoning here makes any sense? Like he is basically saying, let football have its time. Let's try and avoid football. That's what he's saying. Uh, 
and then that's what and, I'm saying. I that's and you're a, like yeah, you're like scared money don't make money. That to me is like seriously, you are downgrading yourself to a second class sport if you are moving your schedule just to avoid the NFL. Take them on, take them down. You had your chance. Mm-hmm. All the concussion, uh, all the concussion stuff basically in the NFL, them denying concussions and then kind of coming around on it, settling the Colin Kaepernick situation. These were the times when you could have taken down the NFL, and it clearly didn't happen. So now you're going to move away from it. That just to me is. That's just a soft move. That's a soft move from a league. Are you kidding me? How can a league be soft by being scared of another league? Yeah. Yeah, and maybe ratings aren't great in July and August. Uh, it's what Trey said earlier. People are uh, chilling out in the summer and may not be – they're out and about, and ratings may not be great for the finals, even though there are on, there's only one other sport going on, which would be baseball. Yeah, that, that's the interesting part. And look, Kunin has experience – you know, he ran Turner's – family of networks for like a decade before coming to the Hawks. I mean, he knows, I think he's fair, you know, he can speak on this idea of television ratings and stuff like that. He said, quote, we have built the architecture of our season based on the ad market, not based on the consumer. And he says it's dated. And, you know, this, this whole idea of when it was happening, television launches new shows in the fall because that's when the new models of cars are introduced. I mean, again, he's speaking from experience. The reason the finals are in June is because there are more ad dollars in the second fiscal quarter. Why? It doesn't exist anymore. So he's thinking, yeah, I mean, it could be in August, and if there's less competition, people will still watch it, and they will adapt. Guess what else comes back in August? The NFL. People will still care about NFL preseason games. Yeah, no, I get you. You're like, why? You're trying to avoid it, and you you just outclass it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Make the product better. I'm glad I asked. What's the competition in June that they're moving to? August. Well, no, I, I guess it's base, no. It's baseball more, versus no. The baseball. competition is in October, November, December. Is the competition? You got to just push it back. I, yeah. Look, we've talked about it a million times before. We think reducing regular season games to make them more important. You're saying the idea of less playoff teams make them make everything count a little bit more. That that increases uh, interest and possibly ratings. I'm with you on that. Just had to throw this one out there, Coon. And, and you know, I saw people saying it was a radical plan. This. People have been saying this yeah. for like ten years. It feels like it's a bit definitely. Like Bill been Simmons out there. has definitely said this. Mm. Like push time, move the whole season, shift it. Um, but I guess Coonan's at the Sloan Conference and he's got some experience. He go. can speak on it, and uh, you know he made his case. Let's hear what you guys think, though. With the up down report, with both of those, hit us up on Twitter hashtag No Dunks at No Dunks Inc. All right, we're gonna take a look at the current playoff picture, but first a word from our sponsor. The Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit or tuxedo for their big day. Did you know the Black Tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine? Well, it turns out they aren't alone in this frustration. Just listen to these one-star reviews from competitor tux shops that shall not be named. Quote, go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible, unless you're dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. Oh... I added that Owen. Uh, next one. We felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day, so we left. Now I'm going to agree with that. I find going into a suit shop not the most uh, jovial of personnel <laughs> You're right. quite often. This, I pe- went people into- not so happy to give you a suit yeah i would say because you never know because it's a because it's a long process i i would say the uh the execution rate of somebody walks into a suit store and purchases it i'd say it's pretty low so i think the person <laughs> who's selling it to you is like uh, my chance of my commission not so well, good I'm, let's get this over with uh, trump 
I had an experience here in Atlanta. I will not name the store, but I walked in with the plan to buy a suit, a custom suit, all that, and uh, I hated the way I was treated and just the, the experience. It was just like, I don't know, it was brutal. And I was like, screw this, I'm not giving you my money. So I, I, look at, I left that review. Walked <laughs> in the next time, ready to spend a ton of money, and left said, you just made a big mistake. Huge. Yeah. Well, no, let me tell no you. No Pretty Woman fans out here? Come on. <laughs> no, no, I didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> that's thought, little, that's the plot uh, of Pretty uh, Woman. I thought it was, but uh, I thought, nah, it can't be. But it was. You're right. Uh, Julia Roberts from yeah. a, a, lo a local. Um, I'm remaking it. Pretty Man. <laughs> pretty Man. <laughs> well, let me tell you what I love about the Black Tux, Skeets. Yeah. What I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. You don't have to worry. You can be like Julie Roberts in your mirror at home. <laughs> and if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it out one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with code DUNKS. That's theblacktux.com, code DUNKS for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, your formal wear for the moment. All right, I wanted to take a look at the current playoff picture. Okay, it's been a while since we've done this. In the East, just quickly, you got Bucks number one overall. They ain't giving up that seed. I don't care who they're playing or not playing. Raptors are in the second spot. They've clinched a playoff spot. They're actually three and a half clear now of the Celtics in third. Heat trail them by a game and a half. Then you got the Pacers, Sixers, and then at the bottom there, the Nets and Magic. Nets are a half game up on Orlando right now with the seventh and eighth spot. In the West, Lakers, six and a half clear of the Clippers, who are currently 43 and 20 in the second spot. Nuggets right behind them. Half game back after beating the Bucks last night. Jazz two back. They're in four seed, but Thunder right on their heels. One back at five. Then it's Rockets, Mavericks, and all of those teams are close. And then at the eighth seed, you got the Grizzlies hanging on. My question, and the reason I went through all of that for the listeners and for you guys, is you know what playoff or potential, I guess, playoff matchup would you most want to see and why right now? It's got to be realistic. I don't even care if it's a first round. I mean, you can go, you can sort of look ahead into the future if you want to. But what uh, what are you most excited about and why? Well, I still would love to see Rockets Thunder. I think that would be a great matchup. And right now, it's five and six, so obviously a little bit of shuffling has to happen right. for it to happen. But uh, I I think I would take the Thunder the way things are going right now. I I think because the Rockets have been super impressive, but then they hit a wall. And I just think, imagine that storyline if you know Westbrook joins the Rockets. And James Harden is there, and then Chris Paul goes to the Thunder, and then the Thunder beat the Rockets in the first round. That would just be, be wild, wild. Yeah. wild, wild stuff. But I also think it would be a deep, long series. I don't think, obviously, I don't think there'd be a sweep there. I think it'd be a pretty crazy series. There'd be a lot of smack talk in that series, a lot of back and forth. I think it'd be pretty explosive in the first round. So, so a potential three six or four five is probably the only, really only likely four to get five that. more likely. I would guess. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that would that would be uh, that would be awesome. I think. Yeah, you've been holding on to this one for yeah. a while. Thunder Rockets. Yeah. With the Thunder upsetting Houston in a first round series. Okay, that's a good one. What do you guys got? I want the Denver Nuggets to stay in the third seed, so that we get Lakers Clippers in the conference finals. 
Uh, These teams got to play each other. We got to have Lakers Clippers in the playoffs, and it should be in the conference finals. There's a half game lead right now for the Clippers over the Nuggets for the second seed. They play each other one more time next week. So that game will have a lot of importance on it, but it'll come right down towards the end of the season, I would imagine, who's going to finish in the number two spot. And, I, you know, I mean, the Clippers could easily beat the Nuggets in the playoffs or could certainly beat the Nuggets in the playoffs. So we'd still probably have a chance. Yeah. It's highly unlikely that the Clippers are going to fall all the way to four. They got a two and a half game lead over the Jazz right now. But I want to see those teams in the conference. That's finals. what we really don't want them for them to fall to four. Exactly. Yeah. Then they would maybe play the Lakers in a, yeah in the second round. Good one. What do you got, Tass? I'll take the Clippers Rockets. I'm still a. Uh, I just want to see. I I don't know. I think I think that would be a rivalry. I just think Russ will be angry at the Clippers. I want to see a good battle with the Clippers well, in the Beverly first round. Him, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm looking. That that would be a bit of a. Uh, I don't know. That's that's always on my brain as a uh, an angry matchup. You still believe in the Rockets to some extent? No. <laughs> but you want a first round Clippers Rockets like a two seven, which yeah. is crazy. That's in play. Yep. Which it you know if, like I don't know a week ago there would be like yeah that that's not happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's like uh, yeah the Mavericks are a game back of the Houston Rockets. Houston could very very easily be the seven seed. And play like a Clippers or a Nuggets in the first round. All right. Clippers, Rockets. Well, it's a fun one. Want to throw that guy, throw that question at you guys out there. Hit us up uh, on Twitter, at NoDunkSync. What's one potential playoff matchup you want to see and why? Everybody sticking in the Western Conference there. Not excited about the East, eh? Oh, I would like to see Celtic Sixers in the first round, too. Okay. I think that would be pretty fun. Not as fun as Rockets Thunder, but fun <laughs> enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. This refers to something we've talked about a few times uh, here on No Dunks this season. Uh, it's a tweet from uh, Innocence Project. It's about uh, a man who uh, was freed from prison. Paul Hildwin was freed today after 35 years in prison, 29 on death row in Florida. And there's a video of him doing what he wanted to do most. He said he was most looking forward to feeling grass under his bare feet for the first time in decades. So there's video of him doing exactly that, just going out there, no socks on, feeling the grass between his toes, like we've talked about when we talked about wearing those slides that have artificial turf. <laughs> right. It's not the same, though, man. No, it's definitely not the same, although JD has said that he doesn't like the feeling or like the idea of grass under your feet because uh feels gross worried about worms (laughs) worried about (laughs) well it's overrated i think the the feeling of it a b too many things to step on you know and there's dirt and gross stuff under there so yeah i'm not into it would you rather step on the beach or step on the grass oh the beach for sure and yes i understand the hypocrisy of what i just said because it's literally (laughs) dirt and sand and rocks, rocks and cigarette butts and broken glass but i'm willing to take the risk for the beach and i mean the problem with the beach though or like a you know a strike against it it's too hot it can be too hot it can be too hot yeah that's true that's true yeah, that's it, where you get those grass slides that you can oh, be walking yes exactly no, right. no hate, thank you i hate no walking you. in anything on a beach mm. Anything like a flip flop or shoe, right? It's the worst. Yeah, you gotta be barefoot. You just, and just you feel like suck it up, I guess. You feel like you're forgetting how to walk. You know, <laughs> it's true. Like you're just, it's like an every step is an adventure. You don't know which way your foot's gonna go. It's like walking in loose flippers, sand. you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, you dad. look like a bit of a toddler at times. You do. Definitely. Try and figure it, find your footing. Do you like running on the beach, Skeets? Mm. No, it's good for you. I mean, it's obviously a hell of a workout because you're working some new muscles when you're running on a Most beach. Stabilizers. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> no, I do not like it. I do not like I it. And it. and because I want to be close to the water. And then when you're, you're generally close to the water, you're running on a bit of a like an angle. Slanty. Right? Yeah, yeah, slant, and that's not good. Yeah, but it does look cool when you're running really fast and you're shooting like the little sprays behind. Yeah, mm. trust me, as a fast running guy, <laughs> I know. Especially because everyone else is standing, no one's really moving yeah. on the beach, so you look super fast. Everybody looks super fast. Right. Wow, look at him go. Even if you're just like doing a pretty slow jog. jog, yeah, you look you're like mo- you're you're moving faster than everybody else. Yeah, hundred percent. Never thought about that. Uh, let's get a poll going on the uh, the debate whether or not it feels better to walk on grass barefoot or sand barefoot. Because I'm a grass man. Uh, I am definitely willing to take the risks of a potential shard of glass or a bug. Because I, th- I think beach beach walk is far more dangerous. Wow. It's more Ooh. dangerous, and it doesn't feel as good. And then you gotta there's a post-wash needed. While on grass, yeah. maybe just a quick rub. <laughs> there's also, don't forget about dog poop. There's way more chance of stepping in dog poop on, on grass. grass. It's It's hidden. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like mud half the yeah, time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I've done yeah. it more than once. Bare feet squishing into oh. dog poop. Uh-huh. Oh. Oh. Gross. Uh huh. Gross. That's a strike. That's a strike against grass for making the list. Dog hey. poop toe so, jam. So these are the two choices: sand yeah. slash beach and the grass. I mean, yeah. Nobody, yeah. nobody's beach. choosing just a beach. sidewalk. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I don't want people to think it's a rock beach. <laughs> well, that's the that is definitely a worry when it comes to the beach. Yeah. There's lots of rock. More rocks than grass. Yeah, but if you per step, square if inch. If you step on a pebble on the beach, if it's just a stray pebble, it's sinking into the sand. So it's not as brutal as 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 on grass where there's hard, you know, ground underneath it. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're yep. saying, but a lot of give. Yeah, there's a lot of rocks out there. Mm. Uh, I meant to compliment you, Tass. I forgot to. Oh, thanks. You know, face to face. I don't know so what I'll you're saying, right but thanks. Uh, your grass was looking good over the uh, weekend. Thrives in the winter. Looking <laughs> mad green that front lawn. Yeah. So when a, will you cut it? I know it's obviously. It should be good. cut soon. Yeah. It yeah, should good. be cut all winter. This freaking weather down here. Yeah. <laughs> it's always growing down here. <laughs> Been rainy. It was one. looking good, man. Well, it's crazy uh, if you sh- see the back to the front. It's a different type of blade. So the, <laughs> did you notice the grass in the back? It's brown. Yeah, yeah I wasn't I wasn't a fan of it. Well, it's right. brown. Yeah. It's brown. It's a different grass. It's zoysia. Zoysia. What you got in the front? Bermuda? Fesky. <laughs> <laughs> Used to have Bermuda. Doesn't work as well in shade. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. Wow. Had no idea. Yeah, yeah. it's tough and tough with trees to really get it going. <laughs> uh, pick them results. <laughs> pick them results from a last night in the association. It was the Raptors jazz game. Utah was favored by four and a half at home. They lost. Raptors hit the money line. Lee, you and I got that one wrong. Uh, so we got a little race here going early in March. Trey improves to three and two. Task gets it back to two and three. And Lee and I fall to two and three. So we're all bunched up here. What's tonight's game? There's like nine games on again tonight, right? Yeah, I'm going with an Eastern Conference battle, which could be a first-round matchup. The Boston okay. Celtics... Visiting the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers have jumped up to the fifth seed because they're 8-2 and two over their last 10, 4-1 and one on the road trip they're coming home from. And the Celtics have dropped off a little bit as they've uh, fallen away from the Raptors in the three seed. They've just lost to the Jazz and Thunder consecutively, that really, really tight game against OKC. They've been banged up. So it's a tight line. 
Yeah, I'm sure the Celtics are without a few guys again. Brogdon yeah. not playing again for the Pacers. Celtics minus two and a half at Indiana. I'll take Boston on the road. They're 5-0 and against the spread in the last five road games. And Pacers have not been great against the spread versus good teams coming into their barn. But this is a tough one. I'll take Boston. I've been horrible lately, though. Yeah, I'm going with the Celtics, so I think it's a bit of a bounce-back game. A couple of bad home losses. They're only without Jalen Brown, I believe. Is that it? So oh. Yeah, I think Gordon Hayward's back. Kemba's there. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was there so, last game. I'll take Boston, too. I'm going to give it... I'm gonna, Give you the last option, Trey. Oh, this one's for all the Beantown boys out there. We're all going Celtics. Wow. It's oh, wow. so like my friend Tass told me. You never like the first home game after a long road trip. I'm not into that. That's uh-uh. definitely why I'm picking mm-hmm. away from them. We uh, Grass is just wilting at their homes. <laughs> we, uh, this is the first game we've all uh, been on the same side for in a long, long mm-hmm. time. Everybody taking the Celtics to win by more than three points. This one's for you, Chiefs. Shout out to the Beantown boys. Yep. All right, guys. Make sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Athletic Network. Count the dings back-to-back. Hoops adjacent. So many more. And uh, it's a back-to-back jacks type of day here in the No Dunks office. We're going to have a Who Wants Some Trivia drop in a little bit later. It's been a hot minute since we've done one of those. So we'll have some some new trivia fun for you. Keep your eyes and ears out for that podcast. Tomorrow, as I said, we'll have the Daily Show and then Stepping on the Beach. So back-to-back, back-to-back jacks. Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we've got a poll on Twitter. Early results. Yeah. What do you guys think is leading the way? Beach? I think sand. Or grass? Beach. Because we always, you know, we go beach stepping too. People are going to be swayed by that. Oh, know your audience. Who is conducting the poll? Yep. You're right. Uh, Oh, and it's it's jumping as I speak. I don't know. Like, I'm going to guess literally 80 20 right now. No? Not that high. It's about 60 40. Okay. Okay. Beach over grass. Brace the day, people. <laughs> Beach over grass. Grass. That's the name of that. <laughs> Look at this wall made of grass. <laughs> Let's go get some grass. It's been so long.